bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. Sponsored by Concordia University on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. So in the Fuzzle Clock Hour, I promise to harass DZ and give him trouble. But first, I have to go to Madison because I have a guest in the 5 o'clock hour, Dr. Zapata. And, and, you know, sometimes when you want to talk to people and talk about things that are going on, we got the holidays coming up, we got the new year coming up, and now is the time to, you know, when there's a natural change in the calendar, sometimes it's important to do things for yourself that change, you know, your health, your mental health, your, you know, things that we can do to prevent, um, you know, stuff like heart disease and, you know, obesity, stuff like that, 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 you know, sometimes we use excuses for the holidays to come around and eat things that we don't normally eat and pretend like we don't eat during the year, but then we do. And the next thing you know, we got 800 extra pounds and all sorts of things that can happen. But we thought that it would be great to have the chief medical officer of the Department of Health Services for the state of Wisconsin here with us, Dr. Jasmine Zapata. How are you, ma'am? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I was trying to think, have I met you before? Uh, I I grew up in Milwaukee. Um, I went to Riverside for high school and I moved to Madison about 13 years ago. So, I mean, I'm sure we may have crossed paths. (laughs) Well, I'm looking at some of the friends we have, like Keith, Gerlando, um, you're connected with Nehemiah. So we got all the same friends yep. and I'm sure, yes, you know, Jason yes. Fields as well. 
<laughs> yeah, we've been. Uh, we probably did meet. So I'm. I'm pretty sure. Are you in any other like organizations or anything like that? Because um, I'm seeing. You know, first, first of all, your resume scares me. I'm, I'm just going to put that out there right now. <laughs> so you're a medical doctor, and then you have your master's in public health, and then you wrote two books. Probably wrote like twelve, and you only published two because you were trying to make us. Uh, you know, low life people feel good about ourselves <laughs> and you do public speaking, motivational speaking. Uh, okay. I'm, can she come do my show and I'm going to just go to Madison and go hang out. Oh, in I the... would love to, I would love to, you, you have to invite me on more. <laughs> so, so we're in a time of the year where we talk mm-hmm. about health and we talk about, especially, and, and I'm going to just put it out there, especially in the black community, Right. Mm-hmm. We talk mm-hmm. about things that we need to do in order to prevent medical issues, public health issues and all that. But but your resume mm-hmm. looks like you decided that every time there was a problem and you thought that there was something that needed to be done and you could do it. You went and got the training, the education and the experience to do it. Yeah. And so now that you're the chief medical officer for the Department of Health Services, you see in a granular way how simple things like a holiday can set a person on a trajectory to bad health. What, what can we do today in December to make sure as we come into this Christmas and new year's holiday that, that we set ourselves up to win in 2023? Yes. Great question. So there's so many things we can do to set ourselves up to win in 2023. Um, one of the things that I really want to highlight, and I know we have a short time today, um, that's really heavy on my heart is really um, just talking about the flu. Recently, um, it was announced that we just had our first pediatric flu death here in Wisconsin. There's been about 30 deaths nationally of pediatric patients, but um, just recently in Wisconsin, we had our first one. And um, I actually just heard from my colleagues, those numbers may be um, increasing um, over the next few days. And so this is something very, very serious. So a way for us to um, really stay healthy is getting our flu shot. And I know we talk about that a lot, but getting our flu shot is something that's going to be very important. And so we've been hearing so much about COVID, even though COVID is is in the same, you know, the flu is in the, 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 the COVID family, right? At, at some point, we really do need to be cognizant of those simple things that we need to get back to. Not to say yep. we need to, I don't know how to say it. We need to not let COVID overtake our lives. We've already understood that. and under, I think we understand COVID more and it's only been out three years than we understand mm-hmm. what the flu really can do to us. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times when people think of the flu, a lot of times, especially in our community, because our our vaccination rates are not that high at all, especially in um, the black community in particular. But it's really, really important for us to know that certain groups of people, including certain racial and ethnic minorities, experience an unequal burden of severe flu outcomes. So just very similarly to COVID, where we saw, especially in a black population, um, individuals being more severely impacted, having more severe disease, hospitalizations and deaths, that can be the same with the flu. Um, and so it's really, really important that we do things that we can, especially as we prepare to gather for the holidays, to be able to protect ourselves and then the ones around us. 
But 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 why is that? Why why is it that it affects us disproportionately? Yeah, that's a great question. And really it ties into long-standing social and health inequities that contribute to these unfortunate outcomes. So for example, like um access access to care and others. And so when you say access to care and others, we're we're talking about I hate to say it. We're really talking about food as well, right? Not being able to eat properly, not being able to get to a doctor to get diagnosed properly. But then what can what can I do as an individual to make sure that someone in my charge, a child, a spouse, gets the help they need in terms of making sure that they're healthy? Yeah, that is a great question. So one of the biggest things that we are asking and one of the biggest things that we can do is as far as prevention is really helping bring up conversations about the flu shot. And the flu shot is something that's safe and effective. I know that there historically has been mistrust with healthcare systems, public health systems, and some of that was rooted rightfully so in some things that happened in the past that were unethical or different distrust that people have even right now. But despite that, it's really important to continue to have conversations among each other about the importance of getting that flu shot um, because that really, really can save lives. So I think that's one of the first things that we could do on an individual level um, at the family gatherings. Talk about it. Call up your loved ones and ask them, hey, I heard that the flu is increasing. There's other respiratory illnesses right now that are going around at unprecedented levels in Wisconsin. I just want to make sure you're safe. Just checking on you. I'm calling around to my loved ones and friends and family members. That's something very tangible that we can do. So number one, getting the flu shot and just talking about it. Um, people, um, people's health behaviors are driven by what their doctor says or healthcare professionals, but even more so, people trust um, those who are close to them in their lives. So I, even as a medical doctor, I can say I can have all the credentials I want, but us talking to one another, those who are in our close circles, that can have even a bigger impact. So that's one thing that we can do. Just talk to each other, watch out for each other, and get the flu shot. We're talking to Dr. Jasmine Zapata. She's a medical doctor and holds a master's of public health. She is a certified pediatrician and preventive medicine physician. So my last question, but before we go to break, the the intersection of pediatrician and preventive medicine. We can save yeah. a lot of we can save a lot of children by simply yeah. getting a flu shot. We 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 think we we want to start with education. We want to start with school and clothing and food and all these other things. But really what it comes down to, if you're not physically healthy, none of those things matter. How do you how do you explain the intersection of the the certified pediatrician that you are and the present the, the preventive medicine physician? Yes. Thank you for asking that. So me personally, on my journey, as I was going through my medical school training, as I was going through um, my residency training where you, I, I was actually in the hospital rooms, in emergency rooms, in ICUs, taking care of children, um, there would be so many things that I saw that I was limited in what I could do as a medical doctor. 
Um, nothing is as heartbreaking as watching a family member learn that their child has died. It's a devastating sound hearing a mother's cry after they heard they lost their loved ones. I've experienced that personally with my mother who lost her only son, which is my brother who died when he was just 16, going through that. And then also as a medical doctor, having to be in rooms and situations, hearing um, children dying, and some of the things were preventable, that really impacted me deeply. And then especially when I started to see, hmm, some of these deaths, some of these illnesses, there's inequities. Why is one racial group impacted more than the other? That really um, bothered me, and um, that actually led to my path into preventive medicine and public health, where we take a step back and say, okay, what are things we can do to change our community, to change systems and structures and policy? What can we do, um, almost like being time travelers, going back in time and figuring out ways we can prevent death and illness? And that's what led me to my work at the state and all of the other things that I do. So prevention is definitely key, and that's how the two intersect. Wow. That's powerful because we miss the fact that fear can cause us to do some pretty, some, some pretty incredible things as it relates to keeping ourselves healthy. Uh, we tend to look at everybody else, but we tend to not prevent our own. But when it, but when it comes to children, that's something that the only person that can be in charge of that is the adult who's in charge of that particular mm-hmm. child. And so you've, you've yeah. put together uh, a, I guess, a practice of sorts as chief medical officer so that you can get the word out that it really doesn't mm-hmm. matter what race or gender or ethnicity or whatever you are, that the flu can kill just as, just as fast as COVID can. Yes. And um, there are certain groups that are more vulnerable to severe illness from the flu. That would be individuals 65 and older, certain individuals who have weakened immune systems. And then also we see that children under five years old, particularly those less than one years old, um, are more severely impacted. So that's why it's really, really important that we um, um, raise awareness about getting the flu shot um, because it not only protects the individual who gets it, but also if you are protected, it makes it less likely that you will spread it to other people who may be more vulnerable. Um, so that's very important. And also sometimes people say, oh, well, there was just one kid that died from the flu. Everybody dies or that's just one person. But if that is your child, if that's your loved one, your niece or nephew, your grandbaby, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's just one. One death is too much. Okay, and so we need to do everything that we can to to raise raise awareness. All right, we've got one more question from our producer DZ. How you doing, Doctor Zapata? Uh, actually, I'm of the sa- well. of the same last name as you, you know, Zapata for me is is you know we cousins. Okay, so a- answer yes. answer me this, Cuzzo. <laughs> <laughs> now now I have I have a baby. My wife and I have a baby a year and a half, and obviously we're thinking of you know flu shots. COVID-19 prevention, being safe as possible, the holidays around family, yada, yada, all this stuff. Um, I understand it could be dangerous for a child to get the flu, but I always thought that babies in particular, any child under the age of like five, 
normally didn't get affected as badly from the flu or from other other cases because they're you know they're so young so jovial they got all Mm -hmm. these antibodies and is it is it a common misconception that kids are more protected from like getting sick than we are because it feels like kids are sick all the time (laughs) great question and you know that's definitely understandable but what our data is showing is that um, children under five years old are more susceptible to having severe symptoms with the flu and so that's that's what the data is actually showing. So it is important. We encourage actually every uh, individual who qualifies who's over six months can get a flu shot. So we encourage people to just check in with um, their, their children's primary care doctors or um, even if it's not the child, if it's you yourself, just check in with your main doctor that you go to for your annual checkup. Mm-hmm. Um, check in with them to say, hey, we just want to be safe. Can you tell us what the current recommendations are for our family so we can stay safe from these respiratory illnesses? But um, that is a misconception. Younger children are more susceptible to severe illness. And so we've got studies and data that shows that as young as six months, a flu shot is safe. Yes. Because I know people that are like, if, and you know, they, they, it's like every time their child turns a year older, that's the age where they can't get it. Right. So if they're six months, no, they got to be a year. Then they'll turn a year. Nope. They got to be two. Then they got to be three. Then they got to be, and they never get it. And then the child gets sick. And then God forbid they, they get a something that, that injures them for the rest of their life or God forbid they pass away over something that was a simple shot. That has been proven for the mm-hmm. past. I think the flu shot came out in 1940-something. Yeah, I would I would say in general, the best thing to do, because everybody's individual case is different. Correct. Um, if you have questions, just touch base. Sometimes you can even just call the nursing line for your child's doctor or even your family doctor and just kind of ask, say, hey, can you review my shot records? See, is there anything that I can that I need to be up to date on, anything I'm missing? And each person's individual doctor can, you know, provide that guidance. Um, it's definitely very important. And the way that I look at it is like um, almost like when you're riding in a car, putting your seatbelt on. How many times do we put our seatbelt on and get to our destination without a car accident perfectly fine? And some could say, see, you didn't even need that seatbelt. But that one time in life where something happens and you actually need it, that could save your life. And so that's how I look at the flu shots as well. Many people say, I haven't gotten it for years and years and years, and I am just fine. That's just similar to riding around um, without your seatbelt on. You can get away with it probably a lot. But the one time you need it, it could save your life. And so that's why. You know, just like we recommend in um, seatbelts every time you get in a car for the rare case you might need it. Um, that's the same thing about um, getting shots, and it could definitely save lives. So the best advice is you can get away with it until you can't get away with it. <laughs> yes, I guess you could look at it like that. Yes, yes. So every that's, that's my main message that I want to say. Just um, we're seeing, and as a medical doctor, it's really tricky and hard because we're, you know, we protect patient privacy. So there's so many things that we see that we can't come to the general public and tell every single detail. But what I am saying, and I hope everyone hears, is that we are please asking 
everyone to stay safe. Good hand washing when you go places, um, places, especially in this holiday season. Wash your hand with soap and water 20 seconds. Cover your cough. Stay away from others if you are sick. Um, get your COVID shots. Get your flu shots for those who qualify. Um, really just stay safe because we are seeing um, people being severely impacted and we want our community to stay safe. All right. Well, thank you much. Jasmine Zapata. She is a medical doctor. She has a master's in public health. She's got more degrees than I got fingers. Uh, She's an award-winning author, board certified pediatrician, preventive medicine, physician, speaker, uh, public health strategist, and the chief medical officer for the department of health services here in the great state of Wisconsin. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on. We'll have to have you come back in the new year. Thank Give you, us an update. Please. Yes, I would love to come back. We have lots to talk about. Absolutely. Take care and thank you so much. All right. Bye. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Snow is coming, rain is coming, hail, sleet, fog, everything coming. Everything. Not everything. Everything is hang on. Gotta check my email. All right, so. Here it is. The National Weather Service has issued a winter storm warning for the entire area. Not some of y'all, not a little bit of y'all, everybody. Not necessarily for the amount of snow, but the combination of snow and wind. Snow arrives tonight. So y'all was talking about tomorrow, but it arrives tonight, mainly northwest of Metro Milwaukee, where two to four inches of snow is possible overnight. Then most of the snow holds off in the Milwaukee area until Thursday morning. Periods of snow are expected on Thursday with another three to five inches of accumulation possible. You ready? Everywhere. An intense cold front then sweeps into the area tomorrow afternoon. Temperatures will crash and the wind will ramp up and the wind will gust as high as 50 miles an hour. So if you have anything outside, anything that's sitting on a ledge, you should probably bring it in tonight. 
because by tomorrow night, winds will gust at 50 miles an hour, causing considerable blowing and drifting snow. The wind chill will dip as low as 30 below. Check on your neighbors. Check on your friends. Check on your family. Some additional wrap around snow is possible on Friday. So after all of that and the temperature drops with a wind chill of minus 30 below with a 50-mile-an-hour wind, additional snow will come on Friday. Long-distance travel will be dangerous Thursday night through Friday. Bitter cold, blowing snow conditions into the Christmas holiday weekend. So really, if you are where you are, stay there. Like, just just don't, just stay there. Just have a happy Christmas. Get your food, get your water. Get your, people tease me because I put an R on water instead of water. Anyway, um, you know who you are. Um, get your water, get your food, edible food, food you don't have to cook. Uh, I think you'll probably be the only people that have a gas stove that can actually, you know, Cook because you got gas instead of electric. Uh, what's 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 the other thing you can do? Um, if you got a grill with a hood on it and it's not breezing and it's not snowing, go outside and cook on the grill if you really have to. Cook where the building can block the wind, but don't get too close to the building because you got fire. You know stuff like that. Or just eat a what? A, eat a cannibal sandwich? No, we're not eating cannibal sandwiches. Man, what is wrong with you? Anyway, we'll get an update on traffic weather, and we, we at this point, we might as well do sports. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. I'm trying to figure out if I'm missing anything. So check this out. I'm tired of reading these stories and I'm tired of talking about these stories, but it is starting to disturb me. Going into 2023, make sure that you review Every single thing before you do it. If you say, hey, I really like that. Have you seen this? Type in the name, put a space in it, and then type the word R-E-V-I-E-W-S, reviews. So you can start to look at some places that will tell you about organizations and places and things that you need to do in order to have something important to see somebody just threw look look someone just threw me off see that see that look look see so that's what happens when you're at the window and you're talking and then people walk up and just distract you and everything in your brain goes but i was saying in 2023 make sure that you take a look at at um 
some of the things that you want to do, apps that you want to download, um, businesses that you want to buy from, Google them. Look at their reviews. From CNN Business, Wells Fargo, once again, Wells Fargo, ordered to pay $3.7 billion in, for illegal activity, including unjust foreclosures and vehicle repossessions. Federal regulators yesterday fined Wells Fargo a record $1.7 billion for widespread mismanagement over multiple years that harmed over 16 million customer accounts. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau said Wells Fargo's illegal activity included repeatedly misapplying loan payments, wrongfully foreclosing on homes, illegally repossessing vehicles, incorrectly assessing fees and interest, and charging surprise overdraft fees. The CFPB ordered Wells Fargo to pay $1.7 billion civil penalty in addition to more than $2 billion to compensate consumers for a range of illegal activity. CFPB officials say this is the largest penalty imposed by the agency. The misconduct described echoes previously reported revelations that have emerged about Wells Fargo since 2016 when the bank's fake accounts scandal created a national firestorm. And there is a great documentary on Netflix about that. Wells Fargo's rents repeat cycle of violating the law has harmed millions of American families, Rohit Chopra, the CFPB's director, in a statement. They added that officials also made clear on Tuesday that Wells Fargo is not nearly out of the penalty box with regulators. They're a repeat offender, a corporate recidivist, adding that Tuesday's fine is just the initial step toward holding the bank accountable. During a call with reporters, Chopra said the new settlement should not be read as a signal that Wells Fargo has moved past its longstanding problems or that the CFPB's work is done here. For instance, he noted that the settlement does not provide immunity for individuals at Wells Fargo and the agency recognizes $3.7 billion in fines and restitution will not fix the bank's problems. Although Chopra credited Wells Fargo was making some progress. He said it's not clear they are making rapid enough progress and said the agency is concerned that the bank's product launches, uh, growth initiatives, and profit-boosting efforts have delayed needed reform. Hinting at further penalties ahead, the CFPB official said regulators must consider whether additional limitations need to be placed on Wells Fargo beyond the unprecedented asset cap imposed in 2018. In a statement, Wells Fargo emphasized that the broad-reaching settlement of the CFPB resolves multiple matters, most of which have been outstanding for several years, and the bank said the required actions are already substantially complete. We and our regulators have identified a series of unacceptable practices that we have been working systematically to change and provide customer remediation where warranted. Wells Fargo CEO Charlie Scharf said in a statement, this far-reaching agreement is an important milestone in our work to transform the operating practices at Wells Fargo and to put these issues behind us. Wells Fargo said it expects the settlement will cost $3.5 billion before taxes in the fourth quarter. 
Now, according to the enforcement action, Wells Fargo has systemic failures in its auto loan business that harmed 11 million accounts. Failures caused Wells Fargo to wrongfully repossess some borrowers' cars to improperly charge fees and interest and didn't refund the fees. Moreover, regulators say Wells Fargo improperly denied thousands of mortgage loan modifications causing some customers to lose their homes in a wrongful foreclosure. The bank was aware of the problem for years before they addressed the issue. Wells Fargo was illegally charged. They, they, they also illegally charged surprise overdraft fees and unlawfully froze more than a million customer accounts, blocking customers from accessing their own money for an average of two weeks. The scandal drew spotlight in 2016 regarding their treatment of employees and customers, triggered congressional hearings, countless regulatory probes, and eventual ouster of two of the bank's CEOs. Janet Yellen, in her final act as Federal Reserve Chair in February 2018, threw the book at Wells Fargo, imposed unprecedented penalties on the bank that remain in place today. And I know a lot of people that have their money at Wells Fargo and I'm, I have never been a fan and I'm not a fan. And that's terrible. Regulators said Wells Fargo has been ordered to pay $200 million in refunds to those harmed by the bank's mortgage servicing accounts. And who do you think are the people who probably were harmed by those accounts? Well, let me guess. If you don't have African-American in your ethnic vernacular, well, it's probably not you. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. What are your thoughts about Wells Fargo? Once again, um, going through the community and causing all sorts of, what's the word I want to use? Misfortune. Misfortune. Going forward, Wells Fargo has been ordered by the CFPB to make sure auto loan borrowers receive refunds for certain add-on fees and to stop charging bank account holders surprise overdraft fees. The agency 
said these fees were imposed. Watch this. When customers have available funds at the time of purchase, but then subsequently had a negative balance once the transaction settled. That's just weird to me. I remember once where I was at a or I was at an organization where they actually decided to where they where they actually decided to wait until money was going to come into my account and then all of the charges right all the checks cleared on one day that I wrote weeks ago right before money came in and caused an overdraft. And then they put the money that came in and paid all the overdrafts. And I went, okay, this would not cause an overdraft if you had simply, I wrote the check and then it cleared. You have X amount of days for it to clear. It's a local check for goodness sake. It's not like it came from (laughs) Wells Fargo. It's not like it, it came from, from overseas or Canada or Oklahoma, it came from another financial institution in Milwaukee. And I put it in before 12 noon, but it takes two days, three days to clear. And then when it clear, and here's the weird thing, I have enough money to cover the check. So that's not a problem. Even if I took money out or cashed it, but yet they would hold it and then put all the checks in charge overdraft fees and then I would get paid and the money would go into the account and pay them. And I said, you're doing that on purpose. That's one of the reasons in the past I ran to be on the board of a credit union because one of the things I wanted to watch is to stop them from coming in and taking advantage of people. And that way, you could stop them. And so that's what I did. I went in and I said, hey, this is this is incorrect and you're doing it wrong. And if you say that you did it and that's how they came in, you're lying because this check is two weeks old and it just cleared. There's no reason why it got held even a week. Why? And so I noticed the pattern and then all of a sudden it stopped because I complained about it. You have to be very careful, especially when it comes to your money. You have to be very special, very special. You have to pay very special attention to your money. Little fees that are, that are, that are charged. Go back through your account and start looking. I remember once I found somebody that had been taking out like four, $4 a month. And I'm like, what is this? Oh, they take out $4 a month. For what? Like, who is this place? Oh, well, I think you ordered something for free. And then in the little writing down at the bottom in the corner, it said, oh, and by the way, it automatically starts a uh, subscription at $4 a month. And I said, no, it doesn't. We're, we're, We're canceling that. And the person said, well, you can't really cancel it because it's a debit card. I said, no, it's not. It's a credit card. And they had to go back and give me all those fees back because I didn't authorize that. And I will fill out an affidavit and tell them I didn't authorize it. Ironically, it stopped immediately. So the company knew what it was doing. But if people didn't complain, think about the tens of thousands of people that get $4 taken out every month for some fee that they don't know about. 
And, you know, overdraft fees are like $35. So you can write a check for $10 and get an overdraft fee for $35, and now you owe them $45 times eight or nine checks. Meanwhile, you ready? The money that's supposed to be auto-deposited, right, ACH, into your account is on hold. So they can generate fees. I don't, in that instance, I don't like banks that are, that are not um, clear about it. Now, we have a lot of banks that are very clear. They, they tell you this is what it is up front. I've heard that some banks are, are very good for business people. Some banks are, are, are phenomenal for business, and then others are not so. I think that all banks are there to make money, and I get that. It's how you make the money that disturbs me. It's how you go, hey, well, you know, and if you don't complain about it, they're not going to do it. That's just disingenuous, and that's, that's I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want to. Well, I haven't said the names of any banks. I just read a news story. Um, I think it's fraudulent, and I think people should be aware of how banks work and how banks can um, they're, they're, they're very it's scary it's scary and then we wonder why people put their money in a mattress but that's not good either that's not good either so find a bank that's going to give you the information teach you give you the education on what it takes and all the details and all the information that you need in order to be in a bank. Banks are needed. They're very, very much needed financial institutions. We have some really great banks here in the state of Wisconsin. And I don't say that blowing smoke because I'll complain about anything or anybody, whether you're a sponsor or not. If it's wrong, it's wrong. However, when you want to do things like business, right? We have sponsors like Associated Bank who are there to actually help you, educate you, walk you through, let you know what you need. Here are the here are the loan agreement. They do all that stuff with you, not for you, right? There's a difference. With you, so that you understand, hey, we're here, we're local, we got it. We understand how it is to work with the community. And that's one of the things I found was pretty, pretty cool about places like Associated Bank, Northwestern Mutual, American Family Insurance. You know, these are these are places that have stepped up and have been transparent and said, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. This is what you get. All those things. I think it's pretty cool. Talking text line says uh, Omar said, oh, wait a minute. Omar said, uh. I really became apoplectic when I hear blacks persuading each other to take vaccines. There's some education for you and I'll never sell out. I don't, I don't know if I look at vaccines as a sellout, if that's your understanding of it, I got it. That's okay. But me personally, I'm, I'm married to a um, medical professional and I think that some things have been proven to be effective and safe. And that's, what it is. 
Talking text line says, Dr. Ken, Wayne said, when overdraft and late fees are your most profitable transactions, it's a real problem. Ding, ding, if I do say so myself. You are so very true, and we have to watch that. When you're not giving me, if you're making your money off of that and not off, like, interest from loans that you're giving to hardworking people for houses and cars and things of that nature, yeah, that can be a problem. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. want to say thank you. DC, appreciate you. Hey, if you're out and you're driving, be very careful. We've got crashes all over the place. We've got snow coming. It's cold. Make sure you load up, get to the store, and get all the things you need because you might not be out tomorrow. And if you're not and you're at home and you got some electricity, Hey, I got to tell you, never miss a show. You can stream us on multiple platforms, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're live on the Truth app. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Tori Lowe shows up next. I'll be back around midnight and 5 in the morning. And tomorrow morning, it's Mel and DZ for MK in the morning. God bless. Take care. I'll see you in 22 hours, DZ. Appreciate your brother. I'm out.